All right, we're back. Terry and Gary's Low Expectations Podcast, episode 44. Can't believe we made it this far, but we have. Today we have former ECW wrestling superstar, Chili Willie. How you doing, Chili? Yo, what's up? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, awesome, awesome. Do I call you Chili or Mr. Willie or what, is, what, what do we Chili, call you? Chili's fine, man. Chili's, Chili's fine. <laughs> and before we get started, we'll have to address the elephant not in the room. Uh, Rhino is not with us today. Uh, you may notice he's, you know, the guy we have today instead is way cuter. He's uh, <laughs> the most eligible bachelor in all the Midwest. He is the bachelor <laughs> pro wrestler. And also he's my third favorite Palicki behind Eric and Adrian. <laughs> bachelor Ben Boone. How you doing, Ben? Yeah. Hey, doing great. And, uh, and, and thank <laughs> you for having me co-host uh, Terry and Gary's, or should we say uh, Palicki and Palette? Uh, lowered expectations. Expectations have now just bottomed out. So I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, that you have to see this, but we're going to make it work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rating. <laughs> Definitely. But, so, uh, well, let's just get into it. I'm going to first, I'm going to go to this new special we have going here, a new segment on the podcast. It's called Where's Rhino? Yeah. Exactly. It started uh, Saturday. We're trying to explain why he's not here. So we're at the breakfast Saturday, and he's, you know, he's going through his phone. He's showing me pictures of boats, and he's showing me his his fanny pack collection on his phone. And you know, it's 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 all good and stuff. And all of a sudden, he says, "Hey, Gary, uh, I put an ad on Craigslist." I'm like, "All right, uh, that's cool." Uh, I didn't really want to know why, but he said, "Yeah, I want to be abducted by aliens again." So see, he's thought he's been abducted by aliens a few times. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, shoot his prey now. So I was like, all right, cool, yeah, yeah. We'll have some good stuff to talk about on the podcast when you get back. Well, then Saturday night, I get a text that says they're here, and I'm like, who, who's here? Well, who the hell's here? What are you talking about? I text him back. I call him nothing. So a few days goes by. Last night he texts me. I can't do the show. See you next week, hopefully. So. Well, Terry's either abducted by aliens or he's in somebody's freezer in Taylor, but he's not here with us today. Ben, thanks for stepping up. Willie, we're going to have a great show, and let's get started by uh, finding out how you got to the ECW. What's your your wrestling course? Oh, man, I started – it's a long story, but um, like like everyone else, man, I, I wanted to be a wrestler when I was about eight. Eight and nine, you know, I didn't uh, get into the ring for the first time until about 1990. I tried out at the uh, at Larry Sharp's called in Paulsboro, New Jersey, and uh, but at the time I was married, but I was living in Rochester, New York. So going from Rochester all the way down to Paulsboro, New Jersey, that's a hump. So I, I, I did the tryout. Didn't have the money. Uh, it wasn't until. 1996 when I tried out for uh, WCW power plant and uh, I passed that power plant. Uh, it was like 30 guys there. So like three guys left. Um, and then I uh, didn't have the money for that school, uh, you know, to join the power plant. So I went back to North Carolina where I'm from. And uh, there was a, there was a, a, a independent show Going on in my old high school, Steve Carino was there, C.W. Anderson, Joey Matthews, the Hardy Boys, uh, Lodi, some of those guys were there. And uh, this is before they all really made it big. And uh, 
I linked up with C.W. Anderson's cousin. His name was Dan Wright, who was doing the PA system. And uh, got his number and started training there. C.W. Anderson started training me, and it was me and, like, uh, two other guys. And that's how I started wrestling. And um, make a long story short, around 2000, uh, C.W. and... Steve Carino invited me to go up to ECW one night. And uh, I went up there, hung out for like a weekend, um, did a dark match with Julio De Niro at the Boathouse or Lighthouse somewhere in uh, Virginia. And that's how I started. uh, But I was on the ring crew and wrestling at the same time. So I was doing the ring crew and I was wrestling, making 75 bucks for – a night, pretty much, yeah. But hell, you know that seventy-five bucks a night. I mean, that that might as well felt like five hundred or a thousand dollars for the opportunity <laughs> that you were given. I'm sure, right? <laughs> actually, actually, it was seventy-five for, for putting up the ring and seventy-five for for wrestling. Tommy Dreamer said, "Hey, I can, you know, if you want to get on the show, I mean, if you want to, if you want to wrestle with us, um, there's an opening at the ring crew because I think uh, Angel and." Some of the other guys, DeVito, I'm not quite sure if DeVito was on the ring crew or not, but I know Angel was on the ring crew, and he wanted to get off, and so I kind of, like, took his spot. And uh, that's, how, that's how that happened. But, yeah, I was I was gun-ho, man. I was like, yeah, let's do this, you know. And it uh, didn't, didn't matter to me. I, you know, I sacrificed. I had a job. I uh, quit my job. Uh, I was driving from North Carolina to Philadelphia, picking up Michael, Michael Keener, the, the, the referee. And then we, he would jump in my car. we drive from Philadelphia to Long Island to pick up the room truck. And uh, from there, we drive all over, come back to Long Island, get back in my car, take Michael Keener, Michael Keener back to his house. And then I would drive all the way back to North Carolina. So that was, that was, that was my, you know, time at ECW doing that for a while, for a long time. Maybe about, maybe about six, seven months. And you came into ECW towards the end of it, right? Yeah, yeah, 2000. I was in, I was there maybe the last year. Last year? I don't know about yep. ECW. So, so let me ask, since you came into ECW towards the tail end, um, was did you pick up on the feeling that, like, the, the end was near for ECW, or were you still just a, along for the ride and just like, hey, whatever happens, happens? Yo, I'm going to tell you, first of all, I didn't even know. Well, when I went to GW with, with, with Steve Carino and uh, CW, when they invited me up there, I, I had no clue what GW was. Um, I never watched it, never heard about it. Um, I, I, I saw Paul on, uh, at the time, WCW, NWA, uh, I guess back in the day, but I didn't really know that there were a, a show going on or a wrestling company. And uh, so when I got there, everything was like brand new to me. It was like, oh, you know, it was like... Um, I'm resting on this, this with this company or whatever. Um, and we had like, it, it was sort of like uh, clicks. So you had your upper upper guys like Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn, um, Ryan Oldham guys. Then you had your mid guys, mid Carter guys, like your, you know, your, your CW Andersons and uh, Kid Cash guys. And then you had guys like me who was on a ring crew. And so it was like um, we were like left out in the dark a lot, you know, because we were like the, the last ones to know what was going on. 
we just they just told us to just you know meet meet them in Ohio or 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 Chicago or whatever set the ring up that was it um, we didn't know what was going on uh, until the very last tail end of it and then we we're like oh shit you know and so um, yeah we heard rumors kind of but for us as the ring crew people we just get got the orders and we go to this this venue here set up you know and then guys would come in and everybody had their sad face on you know like and, and the morale would be like Ugh. but for me some of the, the you know the guys on the ring crew uh, we were really just like happy just to be there wrestling and shit you know and uh but everyone else you know those big guys who's making big money they were pissed off man and so um like i said we didn't know until like the end and you know that was it. That was it for us. You know, it was just like we we're, were like the we were like the young the, the young brother in the family, always the last in those shit. <laughs> Did you continue after uh, ECW? No, well after ECW, um, I saw the right the writing on the wall because I was already like 30, 31, something like that, and so um, I kind of got got in the game a little bit late, and so um, I saw. Once, once they said, okay, once Tommy and them said, this is going to be our last show, and he said, you don't have to fly out or whatever, because at that time I was flying out by that time. Uh, I got off the ring, the ring crew, started flying, and um, I said, okay, I need to really get a job, you know. But 9-11 hit, excuse me, 9-11 hit. And so I said, man, I, I, need, a job. <laughs> I need a job, and uh, I need a bad, you know. And I said, I always kind of wanted to be in the military, so here's my opportunity. So I went and I signed up for the for the army, and uh, that's what happened in 2001. And I, I said, you know, I'm out, and I just put down the boots and put on my other boots, my other uh, <laughs> military boots, and, uh, and the rest is history. You know, I just went into I went straight to war, and that was it. You know. Right. And, that, and that's something I think that not a lot of people uh, know about you is that right after ECW folded that that you enlisted in, in, in our armed services. And, and thank you very much yeah. for, yes, you. Uh, yes. for your yes. service and everything that you've uh, contributed. Um, now, since leaving uh, the business in 2001, uh, have you been keeping tabs on on everything going on with the major promotions, the independence? Yeah, when I actually actually when I came back uh, right I got hurt in mil- I got hurt in, in Iraq. And um, so I did one year. And prior to me coming back to stateside, um, I was getting a lot of emails like from Paul and all the wrestlers. And so Paul said he has to support me when I came back. So when I came back, I had a message from WWE and then TNA. I had no clue what TNA was. Um, of course, I knew what WWE was. And so took that call, talked to Paul, and they invited me out. Um, got signed with them and wrestled in OBW developmental for almost a year. Um, got washed out and John, John Laurinaitis was like, Hey, Chili, you know, uh, because they wanted me to do a gimmick, like a GI bro gimmick. Mm. I was like, hell no. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't feel it. You know what I mean? I, that's that book of t-shirt. That's not mine. I can't, I can't do that. You know? And they, they, they were going to like, they were going to, like, put me up to Sergeant Slaughter. He was going to be, like, my mentor or something. And 
And I just like, I don't want to do no, no, no military gimmick. You know, my job coming straight from war into the wrestling, back into wrestling. So my mind really was still on military. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I got into the ring, it was like, it was really physical. It was like, I was missing a lot of spots because I wanted to, you know, my aggression was still at war mode, you know? And so I wasn't feeling, I wasn't really feeling the, you know, we worked together as a, in wrestling, you know, I wanted to like really, <laughs> I wanted to do something, you know what I mean? And I couldn't, I, I really, I couldn't get my mind off, but, but, you know, um, so I, I wrestled there for a while and then I, I, I left and I kind of kept in, I, I, I kind of, you know, kept in touch with what was going on in the scene. Um, I would watch some WWE here. I didn't really watch TNA. Uh, Ring of Honor was coming around. I didn't really watch that. Um, and so now, that was back in 2004, 2005. You know, now I, I watch a little here and there. You know, I watch the major, the major shows, the major events, shall I say. Um, and now, you know, I try to keep in touch with, uh, keep, keep myself up with like uh, AEW um, and things like that, yeah. Now, were you a big fan of wrestling growing up, or was this something that just... Oh, no, I was a huge fan, man. I was like, like I said, I would watch uh, WWF. Uh, and then that was when I was living in New Jersey because my grandmother took care of me, and then I would go down to my mom in North Carolina and watch NWA. So I was like, you know, WWF, I was the Moondogs, uh, Pedro Morales, Johnny Roz, uh, Jimmy Snookabob Backlund, you know. Uh, and then I would go to North Carolina and I watched Ric Flair, Ronnie Piper, Rick Steamboat, you know. And, and so all of that, man, I was just like a huge fan. I didn't, I didn't want to do anything else but wrestle. But in my high school, we didn't have wrestling. We only had football, basketball. And so um, I was pretty decent at football. My coach wanted me to, he asked me if I wanted to play college ball. And I was like, eh, not really. I, I really want to go somewhere and learn how to wrestle. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, we would get those magazines back in the day, back in, you know, and they would have the wrestling magazines and they would have the, you know, if you want to be a wrestler, uh, write to us, kill a Kowalski school or whatever. And I was like 16 years old on a weightlifting team and took a picture, sent it to them. And got a got a response back, you know, like you know, yeah, come on up to Boston or whatever, wherever the the school was, and you can train to be a wrestler. But I didn't have the funds, man. I never had the funds. I didn't have the funds until I was twenty seven, you know, working at a job and everything. So it costs to be a wrestler, you know. People think you know you just get in there, and, you know, you just wrestle. No, it costs. It costs a lot. You got to pay the training, your body. You know, your nutrition and everything, your gear, your transportation is very important. You know what I mean? How are you going to be a wrestler? You don't have a car. You don't have transportation, you know. So uh, all that, all that shit, man, I was I was lacking everything. But once I once I had a job and I was, you know, making pretty good money, then I could wrestle. But the time, the time was was jacked up. You know what I mean? It's either work. Well, you try to do this thing that you really want to do. And so um, that took over when I, when I went to ECW. It took over. 
And so I just sacrificed. And thank God it, it came out pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and then that's, that's one of those struggles, too, that, you know, that no matter what era that like when you start out, you have to you have to find work to, to supplement yes. your, your professional wrestling. Yeah. What was it yeah. if, if you're allowed to say what was it that you were uh, doing uh, in your early years uh, in, in wrestling? Where were you working? Um, on the independent circuit in North Carolina, man, I was working this, the, um, like I said, I started in 97. So I was, I was on a circuit with, um, occasionally the Hardy boys will be, be around. Um, like I said, uh, CW trained me. So, um, mm-hmm. I would be on certain shows with, um, guys like Joey Matthews, um, Lodi, um, Joey Abs. um, he used to be uh, one of the forgot. Mean Street Posse. There you go. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, Christy York, Joey Matthews, you know, and and so I was I was around those guys. Those guys were going up like like the Hardys. They were going up doing dark matches for for WWE. Uh, Lodi went down in WCW. Um, Joey Abs, like I said, he he had already been up, and so. I was getting my feet wet with guys like that. And, uh, and then just other uh, North Carolina um, promotions that I was working for. Um, and so a lot of guys came through, like like um, we worked for a guy named Grog, uh, King's Bar in Raleigh, very popular. Shane Helms would be there, the Dups. Um, uh, Casey McKnight, which is known, he's known as Dak Hardwood now. Uh, before he before he moved up, uh, Rick Link, uh, the legend Rick Link, you know what I mean. So uh, Manny Fernandez, there was a lot of a lot of talent going through there, and so uh, I got my foot work uh, foot wet working with, around those guys. Yeah. In, in your time, did you ever get a chance to wrestle any of your uh, any of your like icons or anybody that you you really? Love to follow when you were younger. Not Rick Flair's my, my all time greatest that I wanted to wrestle. You know, I, I didn't necessarily want to wrestle with him. <laughs> I just I just wanted to see him. You know what I mean? Um, it wasn't until later where I, I saw him in a show in South Carolina, and he just walked right by me. I was like, oh shit, it's Rick Flair. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you know, That's how Ben does me? TV, yeah, <laughs> watching TV. <laughs> uh, I think Barbarian was one that I, the powers of pain, um, those guys, we, you know, me and a friend of mine, we, we tagged one time and we wrestled those guys. This is at PCW. And so, um, you know, there were some people that, like I said, I would see them, but I didn't never wrestle. You know, I didn't really have a, I didn't really have a long career of, of like actually wrestling. My, my, my stint was ECW boom, military, I came out, did a couple of indie shows, and then I traveled like Costa Rica and stuff like that. So I kind of, I was in and out like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I, I, you know, I wish I, sometimes I wish I would have stayed in it. And I, if I would have probably stayed in it, then I probably would have went somewhere like Ring of Honor or try to go TNA. Cause I didn't know TNA. I didn't know Scott DeMore was at that time. He was also involved in, uh, back office with, with TNA, and me and Scott, we 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 worked each other when I was in ECW, and um, so when I came out, 
of the military, uh, the military. I didn't go to TNA because I didn't know what it was, and I didn't know that he was like doing some things. So, so every time I think about it, I'm like, damn, I could have, you know, could have hooked up with Scotty, and he probably he would have had me a job doing something, that, you know, at, at, at TNA. But no, I didn't really wrestle a lot of um, my um, superstars that I wanted to wrestle because. I got in the business late. Is uh is is ECW how you rest, how you met uh, Rhino also? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They um Paul, some Paul put us together a couple of times, um, and I was terrified as shit. I was like, oh shit, you know, because when I first started with with with, with ECW, like I said, I didn't I didn't know none of these guys. I didn't know Sandman, New Jack. I didn't know no, nobody, you know, and so uh, I had to really. As the time went on, resting on the show, and I would see how the crowd react to certain people, I, I would say, oh, these guys are major star here. You know, this guy is kind of like a mid-carder or whatever. And when Rhino hit, man, it was like people were like, oh, wow. You know? And so the one time that uh, I don't know when exactly I got in the ring with Rhino, but, excuse me, I, I do remember – him, uh, I was so I was so I was nervous, and I I don't get nervous around a lot of people, you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> I just said, "Damn, I, I'm going to I'm getting ready to go out here, and Russell Rhino," and uh, I, I I was like, "Yo, what do I do?" And so he came to me or whatever. I went to him, or whatever, and he, he calmed me down or whatever. And uh, we went out there. And, of course, he gored me and shit, and all. That was it. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is how it is. <laughs> I was like, this is how it goes, you know. But uh, you know, with the ECW crowd, man, they were they're very hostile. But luckily, um, I didn't get too much of the hostile, you know, shit from them. You know, I didn't get that who the f are you, who the you know, and all this. It was like because my charisma was pretty decent, and then uh, I would do I would do pretty good. So I, you know, I would go out, I would dance, you know, I'll come in, and I had a pretty good physique at the time you know so people didn't really shit on me too much you know yeah. and uh but um uh, you know they they did put me with rhino once a, a couple of times and so uh that was pretty cool then they put me with uh tag with with sandman balls um so yeah it was it was pretty good you know but yeah rhino he, he scared the shit out of me at first so i was like so, so I think that's really fascinating that you touched upon how, like, you know, Rhino really made you very, like, uh, apprehensive. But then, like, once you got to uh, be in the ring with him, he calmed you down. Because, like, Rhino was one of the very first names that I worked with. I've been – this will be my 14 years in the, in the business next month. Wow. So um, – but I, I didn't really link up with Rhino until, I think, my third or fourth year through uh, another gentleman, CK3. goes by Crimson now. Um but, uh, you know, at first, you know, I mean, and, and you know how, how he is, you know, he could be, he, I mean, he's, he's a big dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't know if he's joking around or not, because he's very, mm-hmm. you know, matter of fact, and how he says that. Right. But, like, right. when, once he gets to know you, he'll he'll let up. But, like, right. you know, he did a great job of, like, calming me down, too, because it's like, oh, God, it's like, this is one of my first names. Like, I, like, uh-huh. I, I have to do this, this, and, like, he call me down like working you know yeah. what some might call like that mean event style um you know but like uh and, and and rhino's been good to like so many people on the on the independence now taking people like right. myself uh under his wing other people in the business like brian castle and he's, he's consistently found work and since ecw wwe with yeah. TNA, 
you know, back with impact now. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's great for people like him, those ring generals, those, those veterans that are willing to pay it forward and, and help the next generation and, and the people mm-hmm. that are still coming up. Um, right. So I guess my question to you in following that up, I, I know that you said that you, you still keep tabs with, Things going on in WWE, AEW. Um, what do you see in the business now that's changed since leaving the business, since ECW, since you're sitting uh, OVW? Things that have um, maybe have gotten better, maybe things that could be improved upon. I mean, just things that you see from your own eyes. Well, well, well what I see is, um, especially, well, we have to talk with the big major ones, which is WWE. Uh, because it seems like everyone everyone else follows them. Um, from the time that, not just when I was in, in WWE or ECW, but even when I was a younger kid seeing wrestling, um, times have changed because of the corporation status of WWE, I think. I think um, they they have to listen to what they're, Corporation sponsors um, are, are 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 telling them, you know. Um, so, like like for instance, blood or juicing, you know, you don't see that that much, you know. Whereas when we grew up, we saw that, especially in pay per views, you know, you would see a chair shot split somebody's head open, and now a chair shot doesn't do shit, you know. What I mean, it's like people are kicking out of it, and it's like. Um, it's so so little things like that I've seen uh, where things have changed. Um, the pace is faster, a little, you know. I, I think that the wrestling has progressed to the point of it's, it's fast, and you're supposed to change. I think everything as you get older, certain things you know change and change with it, like time. Um, but when I look at it now, especially now with this Thunderdome thing. If you look at it, it's, it looks just, it almost looks animated with the coloring and the lighting. And it, it just doesn't look, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like, like pro wrestling. It's just like something else, like, a, I don't know, a different. Like theater? I don't Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, not, I'm, not, 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 I'm not knocking the, the performers or anything like that because, you know, they're making good money. They, they're feeding their families. And they doing what they love, you know. And uh, who wouldn't want to be there, you know? But um, but I think um, the back the backdrop of it of like the writers and the, whoever the producers in the back, you know, you know, those people are coming from like Hollywood or coming from somewhere that's not they're not wrestlers or they haven't been in wrestling or they haven't done independent wrestling, and so they're writing things and they're doing things and they're. And the wrestlers are coming from a, a background of wrestling. Like maybe some come from independent, but they go to the performance center. But they're being told what to do by these people who are not wrestlers and not, um, you know, it's like it's like me being in the military, um, training how to fight and training how to shoot and how to group my 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 shots. But then I have these 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 congressmen or these fucking lay people come telling me, okay, well, you need to shoot over here. And this, it's just, so I think all oh, with all that, man, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's different. Yeah. That's all I can say. It's different. It's just not bad, bad. It's just different. You know, and um, I think a lot of people see it. Like when, when Taker 
Undertaker made that statement that, you know, he see wrestlers that are, you know, I think he feels soft or something like that. Um, I don't think he was talking about the person being soft, like you being soft, like, you know, because each individual, you don't know what they know. You know, we as wrestlers, we work with each other. You know, we know what the deal is. You know what I mean? We know what the outcome is going to be. Um, so I can't say that you're soft because in a real fight, I, I don't know what you know. You don't know what I know. You know what I mean? But I think what he's trying, what he was saying was that is the product because of the corporation. And you got so many people watching it, you know, or, or that they got their dibs on it. They can't do what, what they used to do. Yeah. And that makes it, that makes wrestling more, I don't know, soft, I think, you know, because that's why you have more guys flipping and doing all kind of stuff, you know, and kicking out of shit that they shouldn't be kicking out of, you know, like if Shawn Michaels is on the, sh- if you, if you're working, working Shawn Michaels in the main event, you know, Shawn Michaels is going to give you a super kick. Hmm? I'm in the first match. If I super kick Rhino and he kicks out, that just kills your whole shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, why would you do that? You know what I mean? So I think we need to get back as wrestlers, get back to the real basic and, um, you know, make it better, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. <laughs> oh, I feel you. Well, what do you think, Ben? You've been in you've been in the industry for 14 years now. Well, what do you think about that question you asked? Yeah, so, I mean, and, and, there, and there's a lot to, to unpack, you know, so I'll try to address it as succinctly as possible. I think the first bead with the Undertaker comment with, um, you know, the business or things getting too soft. I think that a lot of people took that line out of context. Um, I think specifically just to create a narrative that wasn't there. You know what I mean? So, cause I know that's, that's a big trend in social media is to create some sort of narrative or some sort of division, you know, just for the sake of it. Um, but but yeah, and I think you're right too. And, and being in locker rooms too, where you know the first match might be a scramble, and you're seeing all these like amazing finisher moves. You're seeing Canadian destroyers, and you're seeing mm. springboard stunners, and you're seeing all this. And by the time the main event comes, you're like, shit, what what do we do? You know, so <laughs> you know, like my my you know I and and this is a pretty relaxed show. You know, like with, with my character and everything, like I'm, I'm a very character heavy. I draw my inspirations from like the Ric Flair's, the Jerry Lawler's, the Terry Funk's, right. you know what I mean? Where like I put more emphasis on the work, you know, and I have roses, so I have props to work off from, you know, and I mm. have selling too, whether I'm a baby face or a heel. Um, and that's the story of the match and whatever the finish is that happens. But I make sure that if they're hitting the finish, doing it once i'm not kicking out of it and then going to it again that's i think an overdone thing that's okay if you're doing it with a rock and austin if they have years and years of build and storyline but Mm -hmm. if this is the first match and you do canadian destroy and you kick out at one well what the hell are you gonna do man you know like exactly exactly. (laughs) it's like it's like i saw i saw online uh Briefly, uh, uh, um, I don't know if it was New Japan Wrestling, but it was a Japanese wrestling uh, match. Uh, I didn't see the whole match. I just saw a clip. And and the guy had three or four workers inside the ring with him, and he was backed into the turnbuckle. Well, he pulls out a gun. Oh, shit. <laughs> he pulls out a gun as if to say, you know, hey, this is my finisher. 
<laughs> and so I said, whole new kind of finishing. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I said to myself, I said, that's what it's coming to. I mean, how else is, I mean, everyone is kicking out of everything. You're kicking out of everything. What else, how can I keep you down with a pin? Do I got to shoot you to keep you down? You know what I mean? And so the, the, the irony of it was, it, what, what is it coming to? Is it coming to that? You know what I mean? Because wrestling is, we know what it is. Like I said, it's not MMA like, you know, we know. So it's, but the thing is, the people don't know. And that, that's the beauty of it. And we have to, we have to shock them in a, in a sense of not showing them who the winner is until we want to show them who the winner is. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just think it's, um, you know, it's different. And then, and then you look at guys like, like this soldier boy coming out, this rapper, you oh, know, yeah. um, talking trash, you know, about how wrestling is fake and this and this and that and this and this and that. Well, if you listen to homie, get in the ring with one of us, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I or, seen Randy Orton. And then you will I'm, see, yeah, you know. <laughs> come on in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, you know, and I think that's the, that's the point too. Like of a wrestling card, you want at the end of the night, you want the audience to come back feeling more. When I was a young fan, like ECW, that was early high school for me. I was always left wanting more after mm-hmm. the show would end on TNN, not like, shit, I'm exhausted. Yeah. You know? Right, like, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you speaking know. of finishers, Chili, what was yours? Did you have a, a certain finisher, finishing move you'd like to use? or? Yeah, yeah. Mine's was called, mine, I, I stole it. I don't know who I stole it from, but, you know, like we all still, it was a Falcon Arrow, you know, you have up in a suplex, you sit down on it. Oh, yeah. And so that was that was my you know my finisher. Um, I was I was a big snooker fan. Snooker fan. I always wanted to go up the top, and, but I said my fat ass can't get up there and do that, man. I'm scared to get hurt, you know, and and, and things like that. Like I said, I got into business a little bit late. I was thirty something when I when I hit uh, when I got to ECW. So I was already like not really willing to take certain risk off the top rope or anything like that. But I did want to come off the top rope, you yeah. know, with a finisher, but I just never did. <laughs> I think the most I did was a leg dropper thing or off the top rope. <laughs> and also, Gary, Chili Willie had probably one of the greatest themes in ECW, uh, DMX's Party Up, which was huge in the early 2000s. That was the only reason. That's why, like, I loved you when I watched ECW. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah! You know, Party Up is playing. You know, here comes Chili Willie. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. I was, um, before I went to ECW, I was, I was, I was Chili Willie, the ghetto superstar. Mm-hmm. So I would come out to 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 the to the song ghetto superstar ghetto superstar that is what you are whatever and then when I went to ECW uh, I changed it I had uh I went to Q Tip first but then when I when I when I heard the DMX song y'all gonna make me lose my mind up it that man that's just that was just too hot for me man you know what I mean so uh, but I had a good time. I really had a good time. I really thank Paul and um, Tommy and Steve Carino and C-Dub and everyone, man, who helped me out. Angel, um, Simon Diamond, Dawn, Francine, everyone. You know, um, I had a good time there, man. I, I, I don't regret not one one time or one day being in ECW. Loved every minute of it. Loved it. Oh, we had a good time, too. I was green as a greenhorn. 
<laughs> yeah, I was green as a green horn, man, but but I loved it. You know what I mean? There was there was a lot of guys who walked me through my matches. <laughs> I mean, a lot. <laughs> so I, I, I gotta ask you, you're in the Philippines, right? Yes. Uh-huh. What took you to the Philippines? Yeah. It's like uh, 2000, let me see, 2009, I was wrestling independent, me and, me and a friend of mine, we, we were called the American Gangsters. Uh, we, I, I, I took that from the movie American Gangsters, and um, not gangster, but American Gangsters, I'm sorry. And uh, so uh, we were doing a tag team there, and then we worked in NWA Charlotte for a little bit, and uh, just on the independent circuit. And... For some reason, I just said, you know what? I'm done with it. You know, I'm done with wrestling. Uh, I'm going to go to Costa Rica. And so uh, I just one day got up and moved to Costa Rica, stayed there for about four or five years. Then I came back to America, stayed in America for a year. Um, but no, I'm sorry. 2009 was the first time I went to the Philippines. I, I came to the Philippines um, in 2009 just for a month. Um, I was watching TV, watched the Travel Channel, Anthony Bourdain, and there's a guy named uh, Zimmerman. And they were eating exotic foods. And I was like, shit, where is this place? And so they said the Philippines, and then they said they had a military base here before, back in the 90, back in the 90s. And I said, oh, man, I'm going to try that out. And so I, I researched, and being that I was a veteran, I'm a veteran, I looked it up and I saw that they had a veterans hospital uh, hospital here. So I said, "What if I go there? I'll be okay. I can get all my medical stuff done." And so um, I came here for a month and then I went back to America. Went to Costa Rica for four years, and then I came back here 2015, and uh, I've been here since 2015. Man, I just love it, you know. Yeah. Just good people, good food, you know, good times and. You know, it's all that matters. It, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. They actually have um, they had uh two wrestling uh companies when I first came here, PWR, um, Philippine Wrestling Revolution, and then MWF, which is Manila Wrestling Federation. And so, uh, I helped out pretty much like consult consulting with both of those companies. And then uh, I trained my own students one time. Uh, back in 2017, AOW, and um, I had about 25 students at that time. But since then, that company has exploded, you know, and so uh, my wrestlers went different places. But yeah, they they they're trying they they're trying to have a wrestling scene here. Uh, they have a lot of fans that, that that like wrestling here, you know. But of course, boxing and, and mixed martial arts here is is number one. So um, besides basketball. So are you training? Are you still training or is? Um, no, I haven't really. Well, because of the pandemic, that's, yeah. that really stopped last year. Um, we were training a little bit last year. Um, I was helping out with the NWF um, Federation. And so, um, but since the pandemic, no. And the, uh, and the PWR, they had um, Jeff Cobb go there. He uh, he did a, he did a match there, uh, and then I think the last major star was uh, TJP, 
he was in PW, you know, he went to oh, PWR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in NWF, they had a, you know, I'll, I'll link back up with Tajiri. Tajiri came over a couple of times. So me and him, uh, we connected, you know. And so, uh, but since the pandemic, nothing's been going on here. Well, we have a quite we have a question here. Well, not a question. We have a statement saying that Ben need to get your uh, your passport because they want to see a, a bachelor Ben Boone versus Chili Willie in the Philippines. So, uh, oh, once the pandemic, Ben's been, I'm all about it. It's 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 how you feel about no it. Decision to you, Chili Willie. You know, if you want to, you know, you're the vet here in this situation. It's yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would be awesome. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I'll, I'll let you take all the bumps since I got older. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Chili, uh, we gotta wrap it up. <laughs> we gotta wrap it up. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you giving me time. I know, I know it's early in the morning there, and and thank you for coming on. Thank you, Ben. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything you want to say as far as uh, people, thank you guys, man. pages you want people to follow, or anything you got going on you want to shout out for relief? No, just uh, we we have a I, I, I co-host a, a podcast show my, myself. Uh, we had Rhino on maybe uh, two weeks ago. It's called A and C Podcast Unravel. Um, I'm a co-host. Uh, I have a young, talented guy named Andrew Campbell. He's like the I call him the Jim Ross guy. And so uh, you guys can, uh, if you see that on, we, we we pretty much do it on Saturdays at um, eight o'clock at night. Um, on Saturdays, um, and then I forgot what channel it goes YouTube and somewhere else. He has all the information. Just knows ANC podcast, ANC podcast unravel. So, um, uh, and then I do my own little thing here in the Philippines called Crema, which is uh, combat ready international mixed martial arts. That's my own little podcast that I uh, I do on my 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 YouTube channel. I probably have like three or four followers, so. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's three or four more than we do. Try, try <laughs> to get that going. Uh, <laughs> so you know, but that's about it, man. And uh, just on Facebook, you know, I'm on Instagram and have about three or four followers there. So uh, you know, I'm old school, and uh, I'm just trying to stay relevant. You know what I mean? I thank you guys for having me on. No, we thank you, and Ben, thank you for coming on. Do you have anything you want to say, real quick, Ben? Uh, you know, just to well, first and foremost, thank you for, for having me on as a, as a last minute uh, host. Um, th- this is a blast. You know, hopefully, you know, we can do this again. Um, you know, just follow me, Instagram, Twitter, at BenTwinBoon1. Um, and uh, yeah, man, Chili Willy. I mean, from a very young ECW fan, 15-year-old Ben is screaming right now. And that's that's no exaggeration. So thank wow. you. This was a blast. Wow. <laughs> Probably the first time, man. You know, thank so, you guys. Hey, thank you guys so much. Chili Willie. So. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. much. Thank you guys so much. Hey, next week, tune in. We got Tony Schiavone from uh, AEW. Uh, he's just a wrestling legend. And uh, Dirk Manning, they're going to talk about wow. their new Kickstarter coming out called Butts in the Seats. So make sure you tune in there. Maybe Ryan will be back. Maybe Ben will be back. We don't know. So tune in, check it out. Subscribe on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. I, I got one thing. I got. I, Go ahead. I, I, Go ahead, Chili. I got one thing. Tell Tony Schiavone he needs to hire C. Tell Tony Schiavone he needs to hire C.W. Anderson. Make him a horseman. <laughs> C.W. Anderson. Will do. I got it rolled hey, down, so it's in the book. <laughs> All right, we're out of here, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Terry and Gary's Low Expectations Podcast.